Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Yeah, I can't open it. Welcome to the podcast, Father John and the other guy. <sighs> One-handed wonder. The beer. All right, here we go. Now we're going. Yes. Father John, Father Nathan, Denver, Colorado. 105 degrees today. 120 degrees today. We almost lost Goble during the last podcast. But then he all of a sudden woke up, found himself interesting. He said <laughs> he, he said it was so bad the last podcast. He just always... I gave it a B minus C plus. I give your performance a B minus C plus. I was rocking it at a stellar level. Was it a stellar level you were rocking it at? I'm going to revert. All right. I'm going to revert. Oh, what now, John? Yep. Okay, we're going again. Wait, wait. What I had to stop do? it real quick. Why? Because it was recording over the last track, but uh, <laughs> we got it. We're good. Wait. So we have to I start all over again? Idiot. No, we're fine. We're going. We're fine. Okay, we're fine. Mike, can you come in here and give us some words of wisdom? I know you're studying. You're reading Quintilian, but it's just too good having you in the room. Yeah, Mike. It's too good. Global's been complaining that you're making him do all the podcasts this summer. No, Mike and I recorded multiple podcasts. The beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. Exactly. And he's out. That was pretty good. He's getting weirder. He's he's Quintilian. Hey, Quintilian. Quit getting weirder. I'm going to call him Reptilian. <laughs> I can't take either of you serious with these haircuts. What is happening? You turn 30 and it's just like... Creptilian. <laughs> and what kind of painting is that? Where did Olaf get that thing? It's been in here forever. I never noticed it before. This is the most random. <laughs> You're freaking out, man. You're freaking out. Back to out. order. I learned in the last podcast that order is the it equals holiness nope, and charity. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like that random TV sitting there with a photo album of him riding a motorcycle, which is funny in itself. At 10 miles an hour. Ladies, if you're looking for it, Father Michael O'Loughlin, calendar. <laughs> so I knew you wouldn't. Okay. What? We I'm, can't do that I'm legally. Our I'm lawyers tell us you. you can't play that song. I'm not playing the song. I'm just, that was my ringtone. I think honestly what happened was the last time we podcasted was so good. It was like bound to fail. It was just like. Which one? A month ago before this last one. That one? was gold. You were hilarious. Which one are you talking about? The anger one? Yeah. Okay. No. See, this shows there's... I don't remember that one. Perception. Yeah. Yeah, perception. Okay. I don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go back and look at Put it, it down. Put your phone down. Yeah, you are. 20 minutes and then you can go. No, go I'm not going to freaking take your criticism and then be like, you better get up for the next podcast. That's what he's saying. You're totally lame in the last podcast. You better you better bring your A game for mine. Well, you were lame, and then you were hysterical. I was trying trying to go to the bathroom, and I was crying in the bathroom. I was laughing so hard because I'm like, "Where is this humor?" And then you put a microphone in front of me. <sighs> I know. So it's like pandas mating. Okay, you just can't you just can't get it on video. Okay, next topic, please. What do you want so what? I'm I'm still ready to banter. Let's I just, have let's banter for a little bit. Have you ever heard of Temecula, California? Temecula? Yeah. That's not a real place. Oh, it is. And it's in a magical place. So much so that I think it could be Podcast USA. Catholic Stuff Podcast. Temecula? It's the town where I think per capita we have the most listeners. Is there four people there? 
There's probably seven. Seriously? Do you know Temecula, California? You definitely do because I saw you when I left a, a certain consecration reception on Monday night. You were standing at the bar throwing beers back and surrounding the seven oh, people from Lisa. Temecula, and they were big fans. You missed out. I missed out. Yeah. Kind of had a, other things to take care of. We're going to talk. We'll, we'll shout out them uh, a little later on, but Andrea got a little touchy on it, though, because we're like, we're going to Temecula, road trip, live podcast, and then she was like, ugh. You better go to Valley Center first. Whatever. <laughs> and it was like, no, Temecula. That's where they are. Wherever the best surfing is. That's well, there's no surfing in either of those places, I don't think. Well, I'm not going to either of those places. Oh! Right. <laughs> He's not going to either of those places, he says. Are you going to Indiana? We're, we're going to Indianapolis. Are you going to Indianapolis <laughs> in January? I'm surfing. Are you going to drive a combine this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. We're at lunch, and Mike's like... Leaving tomorrow, boys. Heading into the plains. Leaving tomorrow. Got to drive, drive the combine. combine. And then Brady's like, we have association gathering tomorrow. And he's like, looks like I'm not leaving tomorrow to drive that combine. Shut down by dad. Womp, Poor womp. Brady. Brady. Father Brady Wagner's the head of this association. And he has to deal with this BS all the time. LD Shout out to uh, Tony O'Neill. Yeah. He, he doesn't get near as many headaches. Father Tony O'Neill. No. Father Tony O'Neill listens all the time. Shoot, we forgot to introduce Father Brian Larkin. Uh, we'll do it at the end of this podcast. He's going to come back. Well, I'm going to try to see if I can get him. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. That's just great. Sorry we didn't have time for you last time, Father Brian. That's okay. That's okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? <sighs> I have a feeling. I know what you're talking about. Really? Maybe. At lunch, at lunch, <laughs> Olo had the good idea. On Jimmy Kimmel, apparently, he, he'll just randomly be like at the end he's like uh sorry justin timberlake we didn't have time for you we'll catch you next time uh, you. he's like you guys should do that on the podcast with, with larkin yeah larkin would think father that's brian, so funny father I brian bet. was not happy because somebody came up to him and said wait you're father brian larkin from the podcast oh, no did that actually happen it did happen he didn't, he didn't like that let's just can we tell the story which story the story not the story from the rest stop not that story which the story, story. So at the beginning of our trip, if you remember, Father John's talking about something boring. Which story? As per Which usual. Trip? I'm in the middle of telling a story, <laughs> and uh, we're heading up to Lander, Wyoming, and uh, Father Brian's talking about something, and I'm like only half listening because I'm looking at my phone because he's driving, and uh, I said, uh, oh, wait, you got to see this, and Matt Tynan had sent me a picture. Oh, no. That was that was from the the archdiocese, and they put on uh, uh they had like a what was it tweet. A, tweet, it was a tweet a tweet a a Twitter uh for uh gathering at the grotto, and it said gathering at the grotto was a great event. We had many people. Da 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 da. Father Barry Larkin, Father Barry Larkin, and then it was. It's a picture of Father John. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's about as funny of a story as your doppelganger. So, yeah, that makes life miserable for a couple weeks, and here we are. Yep. But you thought that was funny. Thank you, Matt Tynan. <laughs> still think it's funny. Barry Larkin was, was widely considered one of the greatest second basemen of all time. Do you have a mullet? No. Uh-huh. No, yeah. he didn't. Short hair. Barry Larkin. Barry Larkin. Yeah. Cincinnati well, the funny, Red. The funny thing is... Barry Larkin. I should be careful saying this because they might listen, but 
the, one of the main guys at our archdiocesan communication office. Brian's at their wedding. What? Yeah. Oops. Yep. By the way, guys, we have an interview next week with the Denver Catholic <laughs> Mark Haas tell this with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> You're just cracking up that at the stuff that's like moderately funny. No, that one was funny. Mike at lunch today? Yes. He goes, guys, so sorry. We're not going to have that meeting with, with Mark Haas. And yeah. John's like, we have it on the calendar for next week. Yeah. Well, he's working back through podcast or from emails from 2007 right now. So, right. What is it about young priests and the hatred of email? I I don't like email. What don't. is it? Just real quick, give me your. Because you guys just it's, this is like it is an impersonal. Is serious, it's an impersonal way of communicating that demands your time, effort, and energy. Time, talent, and treasure. I would ref, I would footnote the oatmeal, which is a comic. On email, just Google oatmeal on on uh, email. Quintilian, you got anything to say on that? He's oh, busy. Man. He's working. He's not he busy. Children, children should be taught to read as, as early as they can teach. Children? As, as early as they can speak. Oh, well. Children should be taught to read as early as they can speak. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, we're done with this. Come on. Hey, you know what? Father Larkin, nice... Father Brian Larkin is a great priest. We're sorry that sometimes he gets confused for us. Yeah. I'm going to blame Heatstroke on the last two podcasts and the lack of special sauce, as Catherine would call it. You know. Oh, we're rocking some special sauce. You right love now. it. You're turning into him. He loves awkwardness. We're rocking the special sauce, and people are digging it. Yeah. People right now are on their treadmills giggling. And just okay. saying to themselves, I love this podcast. Okay. And then there's other people that are like, why do I listen to this podcast? And I'm like, guess what? Go and click on Oprah's book club or something. Mike, I got one more favor to ask. Can you come over here real quick and read this one line in French? I want to make sure it's pronounced properly. No way. Make him do it. It'll sound like, it'll sound like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Just compare it. Let's see you it. You say it first and then I'll say it. Yeah, you oh, say it yeah. first, Father John. Il est poli. Gay. It is the chicken, but gay. Ah, uh, yeah, il est poli. It should be il est poli d'être gay. D'être gay. Il est poli. It is a chicken, but très gay. Three gay. Il est poli d'être gay. What is it? I, That's a famous but French it's, phrase. It Probably says idiots it, don't know that. It, it's polite to be gay. Right. It's polite to be happy. Cheerful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you agree with that statement? It's polite to be... I, yeah, I'm from Minnesota. It's polite Leave to be... Leave him alone. He's working. I know. Quintilian, sorry about that. You could have picked other places to work. You knew you were going to be interrupted. Father John, okay, the other Les day... Les bon temps poulet. What's your line? Les le bon temps poulet. <laughs> let the chicken... Let the good times chicken. Les bon temps poulet. Les and it's roulet. Yeah. He was mis... When, I was, was mispronouncing it on my Google Translate. They tried to say, let the good times roll. And it was, laissez les bon temps rouler. And then the thing, I said, okay, now I'll try to say it in French and translate it into English. And then it said, let the good times chicken. I'm like, ugh. Il est poli d'être gay. Um, what does that mean? The other day, I must say, you were in total like German mode. Uh-oh. When you were trying to finish that last chapter, it was like, Where? don't even let a single sound <laughs> 
occur in this house. Did that happen in the house? Yeah, remember? I scared away Father Matt. Yeah, he you were to have lunch next to me. Yeah, you were just and like he goes, uh, I'm gonna go to my room and finish eating. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I had three hundred and seventy footnotes to edit. Oh yeah, you were you were on a mission. Yeah. It's kind of scary. All right. Well speaking of let's that, let's go back to your my French friend quote. Beatrice Sullivan. Beatrice. Who does sometimes listen to the podcast. Isn't it a lovely name, Beatrice? Beatrice. Beatrice. Hellman. Beatrice. And, um, but she's not Sullivan anymore. She is Sullivan. That's her married, married name. She's married. She married Patrick Sullivan. Oh. Yeah. So well, anyways, she tells me, you don't look very joyful. Are you going to do this? Oh, yeah. She knows I'm going to do this. I told her this. So when people say this to me, you don't look very blank emotion, or you look, I usually get, why are you so stressed out? Why are you so anxious? Why do you look so frustrated? Right? But I, I kind of don't react well to this statement. I know. It's okay. <laughs> I'm listening. Stay awake. I know you can relate to this. Don't oh, play, yeah, don't play coy with me, Roy. Don't be coy, Roy. Can you name the song? No. That's Paul Simon. All right. I don't listen to Paul Simon. You're more of a Garfunkel. Exactly. Piggybacked your way into the, into the music industry Please on your voice. Stop it. Like on his the hair. podcast. On his hair. Go. So she said, you don't look, you don't look happy. You don't look happy. You don't look happy. Why aren't, why aren't you, you happy? Why weren't you grieving? Why aren't you more joyful? Right. And I kind of, we're good, fr- you know, good friends. So I said, okay, can you explain? Cause I get, you get handcuffed in that statement, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's led to this kind of last few days thinking about this. And I said, I think I'll podcast on this, you know? So the title of the podcast is from Joseph Pieper, who wrote a book called Anthology, and it was a collection of his little short essays, and one of them, the essays, is called Joy is a Byproduct. Hmm. Joy is a Byproduct, right? And so, I want to talk about what joy is, and what you should say when someone says that to you. So, do you ever have people say this to you? Alegre. (laughs) Alegre. Joy. Do you ever have people say to you? All the time. Why are you so angry? Why do you have such an RBF, Father? What is, yeah, what's wrong? What, you look so unhappy. Right. Okay. And what do you say to that usually? I am unhappy. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's a better response, right? So I think that the, um, I think that the, 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 we're all sons of Goronsky here, so the cultural heritage does matter. The German thing is just, you know. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. All right, we're going to try and do this. Cultural Are thing. You ready I'm for this? listening. Can you? I'm not worried about he's you. Just, I'm not even he's, talking about he's you. Just, he's just flipping out on me right now. This guy is the worst today. He gets a little hot sitting in the wrong seat, and it ruins the afternoon. Yeah. Why aren't you more joyful? Because I have heat stroke. <laughs> okay. So one of the most annoying sons things. Sons of Gronsky. One girl. of the most annoying things I've ever had somebody say to me from a religious was I said to them, how are you doing? And he said, I'm more blessed than I deserve. Mm. And I thought, mm, that's just so beautiful. Now, what is so annoying about that is that we kind of do this Christian thing sometimes where it's like to follow Jesus means your life gets better and everything gets more awesome. And you just kind of boom, 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 boom. You're just going from glory to glory and things are better and better and better. And my experience of following Christ is that life is more joyful. And I tried to articulate this to Beatrice. I said, it's, it's deepening, but it's not like on a superficial level more happy, you know? I was down at the Ramble Hotel. Do you know where the Ramble Hotel is? It's in Rhino, Colorado. This is like the beautiful, elite, hippest part of the city. Mm-hmm. Having a cocktail with Alfonso Pinto and Sean Conroy 
And all these people are just, it's the beautiful, perfect people. And everybody looks super joyful and happy, right? Life is perfect. Now, is it? I don't know. I don't know their lives, right? They are probably happy. But what does that mean? Not for the right reasons. That's the question. So what is joy exactly? And what is what exactly, how does the, the Christian life communicate this? And what should it actually look like? Because there's a, a Mother Teresa line, I'm going to actually get you hooked into this, mm. where the people quote to say you should always have a smile on your face, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard certain people we know talk about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't know, you know? I don't know if that's That's constant. a Mother Teresa quote? This is what they quote, you know? Well, Mother Teresa, the story, one of the stories goes, uh, a sister was not serving joyfully. She was not happy. And I don't know what that meant. But she sent her back. She sent her back to do another holy hour. Because she said, "Our the point of our life isn't just to serve. It's to serve with joy. Can I do that after holy hour every morning when I see you? What? You're looking pissed off. Send back me in. back down. One more holy hour. <laughs> Might Could be might be a good idea. You're my household leader, though, so I guess I can't hold you under authority. I would. I mean, I'd do it if you went over and heard confession. So the question then today is: we start with is what is joy, right? Where does joy come from? And then we can get to how do people appear joyful or not joyful? You know what I mean? Okay. So what is joy? The attainment of the good. Okay. The the satisfaction that comes from attaining the good. Close. You want to keep trying? Grab your toes. <laughs> I had a toe. I had a toe wrestling with Mike, and I I totally destroyed him. You remember that, Mike? That was fun, wasn't it? It was like a toe toe war instead of a thumb war. Oh, it, disgusting. <laughs> it was. Everybody was kind of almost as bad as everyone o- was Olo kind of rocking out. that like hedge clipper, <laughs> chopping his toenails off. <laughs> so the. Um, Okay, so, so it's joy, not th- joy is defined by St. Thomas Aquinas as the conscious possession of the good. Conscious possession of the conscious good. possession of the good, right? So joy attainment of the good is not that. I guess not. Well, it's the possession or the reception of the good. So attainment might work. Might work. I think we could dig. I'm not an good. auditory learner. <laughs> I'm not. I can't learn languages. I say one thing in German to you. I sang that song. The drinking song, and you I picked it up immediately. So, joy is morally neutral. This is the first thing to say. Right? Huh. We moralize our feelings immediately. Joy is good, sorrow is bad, hope is good, despair is bad. When you feel bad feelings, you should take edibles or go have sex with somebody and get rid of the bad feelings. This is kind of how our okay. culture operates. This is fundamentally problematic, right? Sounds like it. Because... When you start to moralize affects, passions, right, it's not something that you've chosen. So it's not in the moral sphere necessarily, right? So if I feel joy, I'm experiencing the reception of the possession of a good, right? I'm, I'm like, like, for example, the joy of friendship with my brothers who I love so deeply, right? I feel the presence of that, the effect of your presence, that you exist, that you're here, and I'm conscious. I don't really that. feel that you actually feel that. <laughs> Go on. You're moralizing your passions. So does that make sense? So, so it, passions are morally neutral. Joy yeah, and yeah. sorrow are two of them. Yeah, I mean, you should. If you had joy at kicking a puppy, you know, I really want to kick this puppy, and then you did it. Um, then that probably isn't the right kind of joy that you're looking for. Right. Or I scored. You know, like you doing the shoulder tap. 
to somebody when you were 15 years old outside the liquor store and then actually getting your booze. Right. So you got your good. You are conscious and of the possession of, of the good. Right. Right. So you can see how um, Peeper is saying, well, everybody wants to live a joyful life, but um, how do you get there is the question. So joy... And one of the things that you should says, take joy in. Is yeah, by its nature something secondary and subsidiary, and he's working out of Aquinas, who says, "Ex amore procedit et gaudium et tristitia." As an auditory learner, what did I just say? Ex amore, out of love. Pause. Great story about Father John Clockman. Pause. Who doesn't listen to the podcast? But did you ever hear this story? Uh-uh. We're sitting. Mike, were you there that night with the coops? Oh, he's trying to study. We're all sitting there. It's this big table, and everybody's ordering Digestivi. So somebody says, I'd like limoncello. I'd like grappa. And Clockman was just learning Italian. And so he goes, he looks up at this guy, and he goes, Vore amore. He meant to say amaro. I'd like the drink amaro. But he said, <laughs> I want love. And the waiter missed, did miss a beat. He goes, don't we all? You know, Vore amore. So Clockman ordered love. Vore amore. For Digestivi instead of amaro. But um, from love proceeds both joy and sorrow, mm-hmm. right? So from the experience of, so when we talk about joy being a secondary thing, it's proceeding from love. Well, love seeks a good. Right. Okay. Okay. So the attainment of that good, the possession of that good would be joy. The loss of that good or the... The absence of it. But this is interesting. Aquinas says that joy is an effect of charity, so the love, right, of the good, but it's either the presence or the recognition that it exists, and endures. Hmm. So when I'm in Rome and I'm listening to you and Olo podcast. Do you? No, but let's say <laughs> I hypothetically do. <laughs> There's an experience <laughs> of joy every once in a while um, where I will say. <laughs> At least you're honest. I will say uh, I miss those guys. Why? Because though I don't, they're not here like or when I think of a fun memory of, you know, companions road trip or something like this, you know, some memory from the past. Just I was knowing down, that they're somewhere. I was down in Telluride and I was remembering uh, when you and Mike and I and Joe Grady, of all people, uh, went from Matt Henry's and we drove back through Telluride and mm-hmm. there's a great photo of us at Lizardhead Pass. And I thought that memory evoked a, an experience of joy because it was like he endures. These guys exist. They are. You know, and I and I am in relationship with them. So joy the, is not the always abides, is the dude abides. The dude abides. It's right. I was thinking about Becca Messel, our friend who is uh, gone and about to take uh, Sister Kunagunda. Does she get her name? Not yet. She will in really? August. Hi, Olo. And now the possession of the good. The possession of the good. We're conscious of it. We're talking about joy. Oh yeah, Mister Consolation here. Do you ever say to people when they ask you how are you, say more blessed than I deserve? Do you say that? Okay, good man. No, because I am. He lives that. <laughs> he, just, he doesn't have to. By say the it. way, I wore your Byzantine hat. What is it called? Scoofia. A scoofia. Yeah. How would you scoofia, define joy? Scoofia, scoofia. I put it on and I look like one of those guys from Benny Hanna. <laughs> I probably do too. Though, how would I find joy? Uh, joy is a. I would say joy, off the top of my head, is a realization of the reality of God's love of us. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so good. He brings God into this. Okay. So here comes the next level. So, of course, there's another kind of joy other than just the passion, which is what Olaf is, Hans Olo is talking about there, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Ding, ding, ding. Right? 
So there's a particular yeah, experience of, yes. the, of the gift of the possession of God, which Love comes him, through him. the life of uh-huh. uh, the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is what uh, Beatrice was pointing to. Joy of the gospel. The joy of joy the, of the gospel, good news. Right? Why can't you be joyful like the Pope? Right? Well, people the Pope say this says to me. that. People say the this Pope to me. The Pope said it. Right. Francis said it. Pope Francis said that uh, a, a Christian lacking joy is not a Christian. Something right. like that. So there's something to this. Leon Bloy, in his letter to Jacques Maritain, says joy is the invo- is the infallible sign of God's presence. Hmm. So there's something communicated by God, who is himself the fullness of charity, right, divine love, that when that's communicated by the love of the Trinity, i got to be careful, we've got an Easterner here, the Holy Spirit, that the fruit of that is the experience of this joy. But the question becomes, what does that look like in the day-to-day life of a priest? Now, obviously, I am. if people are saying to me, you look look like haggard and miserable, yes. you're not exactly demonstrating that your life in the Holy Spirit is really active and you're living in the fruits of the Spirit, right? Right. Whenever I broke my arm, I did not look like that for two weeks. Right. So what do we do with the question of... Why don't you look joyful? Why don't I look joyful? And I'm like, well... Because I'm so humble that I hide it. Is that right? Is that why? Your face isn't very joyful. Or my face isn't very joyful, I should say. Right? Yeah. Okay. Some people... I think my mom is naturally optimistic. Mm -hmm. Right? She's a very optimistic person. She just kind of gets up, sun shining, she's buzzing with energy. She's a... Her uh, spirit animal, we decided, was a hummingbird, right? She's kind of moving around. Yep. I think we equate joy with optimism, though, right? Sure. What's the experience of joy at the foot of the cross? I read, I'm sitting reading Balthazar all day, right? It's all about the kenosis of Christ, the self-emptying love, and the fullness of love revealing itself, the fullness of Trinitarian love revealing itself at the foot of the cross. What does joy look like in that moment? You know, Our Lady of Sorrows, these things. Did she have to experience joy? Did Our Lady have to experience joy in that moment? In the moment of? Christ on the cross? I don't think so. I think the whole point of Our Lady of Sorrows is to acknowledge that Mary wasn't just blissed out in joy. Right? Yeah, I, that's interesting. I mean, where the... where the Or Holy, is the joy deeper? Yeah, I mean, where the Holy Spirit is, there is, as Paul says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of that. So then if, the, if she's Our Lady of the Holy Spirit, then in some way she was experiencing the possession of the good. Yeah. And and if she was fully aware of that at all times, then she would have experienced the right. spiritual fruit of joy. I said this the depth. other day, Jesus breathed like a horse, snorted like a horse. He wasn't just happy-go-lucky all the time. He got annoyed. What do you mean? He wasn't Olo? <laughs> they, hadn't, they hadn't created Steubenville yet. <laughs> You're never going to get the end of that, though. You live on Mount Tabor. It's fine. I'm not complaining. He's not complaining. More blessed than he deserves. deserves. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't fair. We're just making fun of you while you... uh... Yeah, so this is just... This is not really much of an answer to the question. Yeah, this is just ranting. It's not just ranting. It's, It's struggling to understand something, which is to say, when your friends say to you, you don't look joyful... What what do you say to that? Is and maybe even if you're experiencing, which is for me, it's been like my dad had a stroke. I'm feeling crushed by the expectations of the dissertation. On a surface level, my life is like kind of in shambles. 
on a deeper level, though, I feel like deeply, deeply connected and growing in intimacy with Christ. And that's what I told them. I said, I actually feel like things are pretty good. Sure. So I'm either you totally gotta, delusional yeah. or we have a different criteria for what this looks you gotta like. You got to defend yourself. Is Beatrice French? Yes. This is part of the problem. French, but French are rarely optimistic. Right. Right. Is she part Irish? She's married into an Irish family. Well, the Irish have to feel that. Yeah. So she's a good friend, and I trust her. But I, uh, she had me thrown off a little bit when I was thinking about this and saying, well, we have to really think about what joy is. At the end of the day, as Pieper says, the happy life does not, lo- does not mean loving what we possess, but possessing what we love. It's about consciously possessing the goods of our life, not in the sense of, gr- of grasping or controlling, but in mm-hmm. the terms of, re- of receiving or attaining, like you're saying. And so the work of Christian life is one of perception, intuition, and of, of kind of a growing consciousness. So very practically, I think, um, one of the ways this has been helpful for me is to shift the way that I do an examine every day from, okay, I'm about to go to bed. What are all the ways that I sucked today? You know, yep. And making an examination of conscience uh-huh. to actually uh, making an examination of just the reality of the day. Yeah. And that first step of which... Uh, Mike always talks about being gratitude, you know, and starting in things that you're grateful for. So you want to live more joyfully. I think the very simple thing is to say, uh, live, begin with gratitude, with acts of gratitude, and living in such a way prayerfully in relationship to the ultimate good and the highest good. Yeah, I mean, or just ask the question, like you said, what what is joy? To be, to have the possession of that which you desire. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Um. So what did I possess today? What did I actually like like enjoy? Um dinner, conversation, a friendship, um uh a scene, some work that I did. <clears throat> and then what did I feel sorrow over? What were the ways in which I I lacked that? But it's not just like I mean I guess that could be difficult because sometimes you should feel sorrowful over certain things. Yeah. So So the movements of sorrow and joy are not something that we necessarily can control in our hearts. We know this. We've talked about this. We note them. But joy and sorrow both proceed from love, right? The, the ability to cry, to weep with a friend at a funeral or something like this um, is, a, is a deeply human act. And to gloss over it with some kind of pseudo-joy and to say it, we see this at yeah, funerals. People hate, don't know, you yeah, know. It's just say it. We were, I was at one just the other day. People don't know how to deal with sorrow. I don't know how German. We've talked about this in the German language. There's not even a real word for sorrow. It's like Tawig does not is not what we understand as sadness. It's like you just can't feel certain things. To feel what men feel. This is the some ways that one of the main works of the Christian life now to just be human. Mensch sein, right? I saw that in. Um, I saw that in, in uh, Sinit's Marisol Clinic, she had the, the famous picture from the top of the mm-hmm. Klein Matterhorn where there's a crucifix and beneath it in German says, mehr Mensch sein, right? Be more human. Feel sorrow, feel joy, but then also pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the about the conscious possession or reception of the Holy Trinity, actually living in that, and the fruit of that is joy. But I think if we focus too much on trying to be happy and be joyful and, you know, 
Because I'm happy Clap along If you feel like that's what you want to do Right If if that's all we're doing I, I think it's it's not going to satisfy So somehow to just acknowledge on a natural level Sorrow and joy kind of move through the human heart It's okay We're aware of these things in tune But that uh, there's a deeper gift And fruit that's communicated by the gift And the life of the Holy Spirit And we have to pray for that The presence of the Spirit in our hearts Not, not just for that uh, fruit it's something that's a byproduct. Sometimes it's helpful too that friends alert us to, are you really that unhappy? You know, because you you look really sad, yeah. and maybe you are, but it's it's just good for somebody to kind of shake you out of that. Yep, I was I feeling so. it just the other day, and you did that for me. You know, I looked pretty unhappy, and it's like that's not what it's all about. So there are times. I mean, it's kind of like Ecclesiastes, you know. There's a time for joy and there's a time for sorrow. There's a time for embracing and a time to refrain from embracing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a time for everything under the sun. Sometimes we prefer one aspect to another. Sunshine to, you know, sorrow. But both are good. And I think the last thing I'll say here is the um, that... Happiness and uh, love, kind of the test of them, are in solitude with Christ. You know, it's easy to be happy when we're at some hip new Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese, hip new Chuck E. Cheese, right? Or you're having Peach be with you, uh, pizza with all your best buddies, and it's What'd a you perfectly sunny day. I thought it was inventive. No, it was it was soggy. Well, it had peaches on it. Yeah, but I mean, like the peaches weren't the ones that were soggy. This is the pizza we had for lunch. Yeah. Guys, what do you think? Peach. Yes, thumb, peach, thumb down. Mascarpone cheese. Yeah, Mike, thumbs up. Mascarpone cheese was awesome. Yeah, Mikey. Mike, I can't believe you're not going to be there on Sunday. I'm making those pork burgers. Okay. Oh. Enough about food. I probably will be there. Goethe talks about, uh, at the end of Faust, I think, he says this, happy alone is the soul who loves. Freudvoll und Leidvoll. Happy alone Freidvoll is the soul. Leidvoll. Freidvoll und Leidvoll. And I think what he means Jawohl. by that... Jawohl. Jawohl. A full yes. I think what he means by that is that um, there, there's a self-possession that comes with this kind of conscious possession of the good, of the, of the awareness of the things that we love. And we grow in a stability of that. And we don't have to look for people or experiences or things to kind of stabilize us, to give us joy. But it's just about learning how to love properly, which means, of course, uh, with the with the ultimate good, which is God Himself, the fullness of love. Mm. And so, um, yeah, just to encourage um, that self possession comes through self gift, through the Holy Trinity, and that means uh, a life of prayer and intimacy with God, pursuing Him, but not being afraid when sometimes He kind of blows up or explodes our understandings of what happiness or joy look like. Amen. Well done. Amen. I think that was an adequate response. We got through it. Okay. An adequatio. Adequatio. First shout out to Beatrice Sullivan. Thank you for letting me podcast on you. Hope you're not too upset. No, what is Beatrice's be. um, maiden name? You know, I should know that. I stayed with their family in France. I forget though. Yeah. Oh, the, this is the mother. The mother. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But shout out to all the, all the kids as well. All mm-hmm. nine of them. I gave a talk when we were at Benedictine College and I talked about the 10th kid being my godson and his sister was there and she goes, he's the ninth." And I was like, ooh, sorry about that. So, Ouch. 
Okay, speaking of love and joy, Lisa Marie Hunt, your consecration on Monday was beautiful. You were attended by Andrea Polito, who was there on the side, Bishop Michael Sheridan. He didn't give a homily. He read the sermon, the instruction, instruction, and it was... Isn't it beautiful? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I gave that to Andrea many, many years ago. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. So... um, Beautiful night, and then that night we went, and I think, Mike, can we name Temecula, California, Catholic Stuff, USA? No way. Catholic Stuff, Town, USA. There's no place I've ever met. How many people? Catholic Stuff, California. Whatever, you're outvoted. Michael Blanton, How many people live in Temecula, California? Joe Rinaldi. Rinaldi, Mike, he corrected you for screwing it up last time. Oh. Temecula, California is one... 114,000 people, 327 people. So at least seven of them listen to the podcast. Temecula, California, that could be less than less than 0.001%. Okay, Joe and Mary Rinaldi, Michael Blanton, and then Mike and I are standing in the food line, and we introduce ourselves, and I go, Father John, and he goes, Father Mike, and she goes, nice to meet you, I'm Father Brittany, and she goes, uh, sorry. So Father Brittany, you get a shout out to him. I like so. Temecula, California. I'm not Father Brittany. I'm not Father Brittany. So, yeah, that was that. Temecula, California. Catholic stuff, town, USA. For now, we'll see. You got more than seven people in your town to listen, write us. It can be challenged. What? Right. It's not Mount Zion, Illinois. I'll tell you that much. There are more people that listen in Mount Zion than Temecula, California. Well, that's quite a bet. What do you want to bet on that? I don't want to bet on that. I'm just that's saying. That's right, because you can't. Yeah. I wasn't mad I wasn't there. Oh, are you sad? Why is your face so sad? Because I'm <laughs> lacking joy. Do you have any shout-outs? Yeah, I'll give a shout-out to whoever thinks that Father John is wrong most of the time. <laughs> All these people that have to listen to Father John and say, you know what? I actually disagree with that. Welcome to my freaking life. Oh, man. I give a shout-out to all those people. <laughs> uh, those are called middle children. All the middle children. <laughs> I, I, I read the other day that middle children are more likely to commit violent crime. And I think that's true. I think that's true. Oh, man, I can see that, my Micah. All right, I, I have one <laughs> shout-out. I have one shout-out. Um, one cup of heavy cream, one half cup of butter, three to four tablespoons of flour, three tablespoons of Parmesan, one half teaspoon of garlic powder, and one ounce of prosciutto. That's a great dinner right there. I don't know. It's on my notes for shout-outs. <laughs> I put it in the wrong one. Oh, you're sick. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Uh, I got to give one shout out to Trevor. To Trevor, Trevor Lontine. Lontine. Yep, he's listening. Good man. Yep, we'll see you later. We haven't scared him away yet. Yep. We'll see. Not yet. Folks, be happy. Be joyful. Love, pray, eat. <laughs> in yeah, that order. <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for putting up with these antics the last two weeks. Father Michael and Father Mike will be at you next week. And we'll see you in August.